Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room and a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends. Man, I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. All right, welcome to Blue Bloods, episode 42. Up, I'm just going to let y'all know right now, we're already on fire. We just had like a two-hour pre-show where we both, uh, we were praying, speaking life into each other, shedding tears because that's what brothers do. Like, it yeah. was insane. Like, we literally, before press record, I looked at Brandon and I go, man, we just had a podcast. It's like, we did. wasn't we a whole episode. <laughs> it wasn't college football. It was a life podcast, but we just had a whole episode. I kind of wish we would have recorded it, but I don't think it needed to be recorded in time. Um, but B Holmes, let's talk some football, man. Bro, let's go. <laughs> it is. Here's, here's where we at in college football. Week eight just happened. Mm. We're man. We're in the fight. This is when things, the, the water gets muddy. Things start shifting themselves out yep. and i think though there's not a ton of barn burners i think over the next couple of weeks there's some like critical games that are going to define like what these seasons look like as we begin to shape the playoff and as we kind of said before we got into our deep dive of personal stuff in the pre-show <laughs> that things may potentially be setting up for like a three-team sec yes. big 10 champion kind of deal so i'm I think we're just going to jump conference to conference today and kind of talk conference race, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say we've got some good feedback. Uh, so last week we sort of pivoted or, or audibled, so to speak, from our regular yeah. template and just sort of organically went from conference to conference. And we've gotten some good feedback on, you know, that that flow. So what we're going to do again this week for this episode is just go ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, where it's at where it's going, where we think it's going, mm-hmm. what's on the horizons, yada, yada. So starting with the ACC, uh, can I just start with a disappointment for this week that's yeah, go for in it, the man. ACC? Cuse, man. The Syracuse <sighs> Orangemen. Like, they, they had, had that game. They had them. And it ruined my dream. I was so hoping for a Syracuse. I guess it still technically could happen, but I don't think it will. I was hoping for a Syracuse, North Carolina ACC championship game because that would be like yeah. a basketball school right. matchup. Not you know, and then and then I was even sitting here last week going, I mean, I I, I listed four teams I would love to see undefeated in the CFP, and you know that pretty much got destroyed over the weekend. But dude, Syracuse, it's like they had them, they had them, they had them, and they just couldn't get out of their own way. Whether it was penalties on a third and 27, whether yeah. it was dropping passes, like like they did more to themselves to lose that game than Clemson no. did to win it, to in win. my opinion. Well, and I think their biggest thing, man, this is where they messed up. Sean Tucker only carried the rock five times. Mm. They're, yeah, they're, they're big-time running back who's, um dude, he's like that dude. He only touched the rock five times. 
Like, and I remember because I was like kind of, um, I was at a lunch with Corey. Um, so I was like kind of back and forth and we we're watching another game, but like I was kind of keeping up with this game a little bit. So, so I got home to kind of like, I was at the office. Matter of fact, I went straight to work and I heard it. And that was the first thing uh, I forget who was, was it, um, whoever was commentating. They were like, yeah, Sean Tucker's only ran the ball five times. And it was the fourth quarter. And I'm going, get the ball to your bell cow, man. Yeah. Like keep, keep, keep them on it. And the few times he did get the ball in his hands off some receiving plays, like in the fourth quarter, he, you know, he's somebody that should be accounted for. So to me, I, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, it's always interesting to me in big games to see how coaches like do they stick to their guns to what they know that works, or do they try to get fancy? And I felt like Syracuse tried to get a little too creative when it's like, hey, mm. this is how you guys have gotten here. You run do the football do. well. Do what you do. I mean, I like their quarterback, man. He's like, it's a big dude. You know, they used him on the zone read. He's not the best passer. Like, right. run the freaking football. Let Sean Tucker at least, at least give them the threat of, hey, we're going to give him a shot to try to go win this football game for right. us. And I remember, like, that last drive or the drive before Clemson scored the go-ahead touchdown, I was just like, man, they just need to run the foot. Like, I was young, just run the football, man. Mm-hmm. Like, give it to your bell cow. Let him do what he does. And if they stop that, fine. But, like, don't get away and try to get cute. Like, this is what got you here. You run the football, you play tough defense. So I was really disappointed because I don't feel like Clemson – deserve the win obviously they earned it but I, it just showed me like Clemson is who I think Clemson has been all season and you know they just keep <sighs> can I say it this way is Clemson not throwing together what we saw Notre Dame do mm-hmm. a, a lot of years where mm-hmm. they just kept finding ways to squeak by and get all these wins only to get to the CFP and get hammered Here's what's crazy about that game, though. Like, Syracuse controlled the three quarters of the game. Yes. With seven seconds left in the... uh, No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was 21-10 to because Clemson kicked the field goal before half, which they shouldn't have even been able to do that. It should have been 21-7. to But either way, fourth quarter, it's 21-10, to and Clemson... Basically wins that quarter seventeen to nothing, and mm-hmm. but there was one of those touchdown drives. Uh, Syracuse had a third and twenty seven on them, forced just a, th- a pass oh, to be yeah. thrown away, and you know there was a personal foul, and that feel like that happened twice. It just like both of their touchdown drives could have been could have they not could could have been avoided had Syracuse not did a penalty, but. Yeah, man, I think the way this conference is shaking out, because um, Clemson has the tiebreaker with Wake Forest, and let's who does Clemson still have to play? I just don't think oh. they're – well, I don't know, man. South Carolina's hot, but that's not going to impact their it's, conference. Yeah, it's not the conference, but it'll, it'll impact CFP. Um, All now, I have the team is – re- Oh, go ahead. No, the team I'm, like, most disappointed in, though, bro, you talk about Clemson. Mine's is Miami. Woo! God, Duke L- losing to Duke. Now Duke is five and three. They're one game away from being bowl eligible. Shout out to um, I forget their new head coach. Um, he came in this year. He's from Elko, but, maybe he's from A and M. Yeah, 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 DC. yeah. Dude, man, great, man. But like, check this. I think they gave away. I'm trying to find it. I believe I heard. Oh yeah, Miami lost five fumbles and wow. threw three interceptions. Oh. Eight, Eight turnovers? turnovers against 
Duke. Now I know when you they hired Crystal Ball, the U was back. Here's where it's my biggest disappointment. I expected more out of them. Like I get it. Everyone's saying, you know, <clears throat> they don't have the talent, yada yada. But if like let's let's not have revisionist history here. Like everybody was saying Van Dyke, their quarterback, was a Heisman Dark Horse, was yeah. the best quarterback in the ACC, mm-hmm. was gonna give Josh Gaddis a new little toy to play with compared to what he had at Michigan between having Kay McNamara and Van Dyke and you know, they you know, they didn't have all the talent, but they had some good they had some decent talent on their team. And I'm just going, Man, they are peeing the bed right now. Like yep. they potentially might not because this is who they have left. Well, they have UVA, which they're both three and four, so you don't know who's going to win that game. Yeah, but they're Next. at Virginia, I believe. Uh, right, right. They're at Virginia. Then Florida State comes in, mm-hmm. um, which you just don't know with that. Then they play at Georgia Tech, which should be, I don't know. Then they have Clemson. Then they have Pitt. Like, there's a chance Miami is not bowl eligible by the yeah, end of this. I don't know that I see three wins there because that's I don't. what they need. They got to win three of five. They do, and I don't. I don't see it. And you know, obviously, you know, everyone's going to say, "Well, you got to give Cristobal his first year." It's the transfer of you know, of passing of the guard. But I'm like, I expected, a, I expected Miami this year to trade to be like seven and five. Yeah, or or even like I honestly, looking at their division, I expected them to at least be in the hunt for the coastal. Division. Yeah. Um, I didn't anticipate North Carolina being what they've been, but me neither. North Carolina also hasn't just been this dominant team. They're mm-hmm. just finding ways to win. Finally and I'm even looking games. at it now, I mean, Miami should should be like contending. Like I thought they had a legitimate chance to play in the ACC championship. I thought it should legitimately it could come down to them. Or North Carolina. And, dude, I don't, like, to your point, I don't know if they're going to be bowl eligible. I, I thought I they were at least a nine-win team. I thought it was a 7-5, 8-4. With you all know. the hype, with everything you hear coming out of there, with Cristobal, like, man, it's a different culture. It's a different this, mm-hmm. different that. And their quarterback, right? I mean, he 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 had You're a really good – yeah, I mean, and last year he showed flashes of it for sure. So it's like, okay, like they're they're going to be in the hunt, at least as it pertains to the conference. I didn't expect them necessarily to be making noise for a CFP or anything like that. Right. But I also didn't think, okay, hey, maybe they maybe they like kind of get on a run. And mm-hmm. I, I think, think you said I, that. Yeah, I feel like I thought they could maybe do what North Carolina is doing. Yeah. Well, and the crazy part is Van Dyke isn't even starting anymore. I know. Garcia. So it's <laughs> like this the ship is completely <clears throat> off the rails here. Um just disappointed, man, through and through. Obviously we're gonna see what happens there, but um like if Christ if Crystal Ball can't turn that program around, I really don't like Yeah. But you know, that's been his knock. Great recruiter, not great teams. I mean, I know. And so We'll see, like we'll see how, because man, I, I feel this way about the ACC. If you just have like, if Miami can just be, bring in Miami talent, you don't even have to coach well, man. Those dudes are going to out athlete everybody on the field. Um, just keep them home, ah, man. But what do we know? These kids like to go to winners, bro. I don't know if they stay home for that. Well, and to your point, 
about, um, you know, great recruiter is, is look at what Oregon is doing in Dan Lanning's first right. year there. Right. Um, and he brought in a portal transfer quarterback in Bo Nix, whereas like Cristobal had a top 10 QB, mm-hmm. top 10 overall selected QB in, in uh, Herbert. Herbert. Whereas Bo Nix, I mean, like, he he kind of... He flamed out of Auburn. That's what I'm saying. And now all of a sudden, and we'll get to the Pac-12 because I can't wait to talk about that conference. But, I mean, if you look at what Dan Lanning's doing at Oregon, oh, yeah, well, that's what Cristobal built. Yeah, but, like, Cristobal wasn't doing that. No. He they wasn't doing smoked. that. I'm not saying he didn't have any success, but um, we'll see. But yeah, so yeah. let's see. Uh, Wake Forest is still hanging around in there. Problem is, is they they lost that that very close game <sighs> to Clemson. Game. I just Clemson essentially they've got two more conference games. They've got Miami and Louisville, and I just I don't see them losing either one of those. So yeah, me neither. Now they're at Notre Dame, which I do think it's ironic. I just sat here and said they're gonna they're kind of doing what Notre Dame does. That game could get interesting. Um, and I'm curious who plays quarterback because uh, I guess the part we didn't talk about was they they oh, pulled DJ. DJ and put uh, uh Klubnik uh in basically the second half of that game against mm-hmm. Syracuse, which you called that in the preseason. I you did. said at some point this season, Klubnik takes over that team. Now, what's to be determined is did he ha- is was that like just for the Syracuse I think that, game? Well, because Dabo said it right. Did you hear his press conference? Like, no, immediate? I, so so right on the field, like the moment you know after they do yeah. the cheer and you do the right on the field interview, he jumped ahead of. Kudos to Dabo Sweeney on this. Hey, I want to make this clear. DJ still the leader of our team. DJ gotcha. is still the quarterback of our team. He had a bad day. Sometimes you have those, you know. So you have to make some coaching adjustments. But this is still like I want, and he said it just like I want to get ahead of this before this starts into something. DJ is the quarterback of our team. He's earned it. He's deserved it. Had an off game. We made a pivot as a coaching staff. But this is our guy. Okay. So kudos to Dabo. Doing, but here's what I'm gonna say to that. <laughs> and, and 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 DJ, he did good on the sideline. Didn't seem to be upset. Didn't seem to be frustrated. You know, he he did the thing you're supposed to do as the mature leader in that situation. So also kudos to him because that's not easy. And I can't imagine being a big time quarterback at a big time program like Clemson. The backup mm. quarterback is always the favorite guy on, on everybody's, aka XK McNamara, Michigan last year. Like the backup quarterback, especially highly talented freshmen, are always you know they're they're the new shiny mm-hmm. toy. I will say this though. He has to end, and shout out to Klubnik because he responded well. Hey, I didn't really do much. If you look at my box score, it was really right. shit. He made some big plays. He did. So, man, the political correctness, all that sounded great. But you have to think if you're DJ in the back of your mind, you got to know, man, they just won without me. And for this kid, Klubnik, that. Yeah. You can say all the right things, but come on, bro. You don't get to that level and be the number one quarterback in the country and have that level of competitiveness and not in the back of your mind go, if I did it, I could do it again. Mm-hmm. So you're going to support the big brother because like, it's the big brother. You want your big brother to do well, but if you can ever upstage him and if you can ever beat him, like you can't be a competitor at that level and go and not just have to think, I'm better than him. Like you, you, you're, It's just natural. Right. 
You right. feel that way. So I think DJ, man, I feel like now there is pressure on regardless of what Dabo said. Because then I think there's also Dabo would just put himself in a bad. I think Dabo personally, I mean, he did it to win the game, but put himself in a bad position. Because now if DJ plays tough, if he plays bad at Notre Dame, you have the thought in your back of your mind, even as a leader. Man, I put club in last week, two weeks ago. I mean, the box score wasn't perfect, but they seemed to play for him, and he mm. took care of the football, and we still won that game. And, I mean, maybe the future is – like, you, you have to – you yeah. just – you invited some unwarranted things you didn't. And so, yes, I think it was good for him to get in front of it. I think, man, DJ's on a very short – because Dabble's proven it. He did it with Trevor Lawrence, man. Yep. Like – Kelly was a Kelly Reed like uh, or uh, what's the kid's yeah, name? Uh, uh, yeah, it was something uh, Kelly. Bryant, Bryant, not Bryant Kelly. Not but, Bryant uh, Kelly. Um, uh, man, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, the yeah. guy that went to Missouri. I remember he trying, but like yeah. he did it with Trevor Lawrence. Man, he just brought him. So I don't. I, I don't think DJ finishes the season as the starter. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. That's what it is. <sighs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I, I agree and. Um, fortunately, well, I don't know. Like I said, that Notre Dame game could get interesting. I, I, I hmm. Let DJ throw two more picks. Yeah, it's I over. Mean, Notre Dame's offense is is not very good. Um, I but yeah, Clemson. I think they're at Notre Dame. That could get interesting. I believe. And that could be a statement game for Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. Because he needs one of those this year in a bad way, I believe. He does. Because um, they have Syracuse next week, and then two weeks they have Clemson. Is it two weeks? Oh, so Clemson gets them coming off the bye. Yep. Oh, yeah. That is the fifth, isn't it? Okay, not mm-hmm. next week, but two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that could impact things, too. So. And I think down there on the coastal side, I think it's North Carolina's to lose. Yep. Um, They're off this week. I mean, they don't exactly have just smooth sailing, but they got Pitt at home. Then they Mm -hmm. go at Virginia, at Wake Forest. Then they're home for Georgia Tech, home for NC State. Uh, Let me see. That Wake Forest game should be good between them two. Yeah, the thing is, is NC State and Wake are all up on the Atlantic, and they're two games ahead of the rest of their division. So, I mean, really, they could finish one, two, three, four, five, six. They could finish three and two and still feasibly be in the ACC championship. Mm-hmm. Now, for the just the sake of college football, I would at this point. Go ahead and win out Clemson, and then let's have a a, a t- eleven and one North Carolina team beat a twelve and zero Clemson team in the ACC championship. I love to see be, that for Mac Brown. Yeah. I'd love to see that for old Mac. And then you got to because at that point, I'm pretty confident Clemson will be in the top four if they mm-hmm. finish out twelve and zero. In North Carolina shouldn't be too far behind that, and then they win that. It'll just it'll just continue to to, to throw more wrenches in the CFP debacle. Okay, you want to go to the 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 Big Twelve, Big Twelve, yep. Big Twelve, man. Just kind of keep it moving. So TCU kept hope alive. 
Uh, what they, a game. Oh, man. That was the best game of the weekend as far as I was, it was. concerned. What a game. What a game. I mean, I feel I mean, bad that Martinez got hurt, but yes. what a game. Yes. And I love seeing old uh, Kurt Warner, the the Hall of Fame quarterback. Man, his son had a nice little one-handed Moss uh, touchdown grab early in the game, mm-hmm. and he played well. And if you're listening and you like useless sports trivia like I do, uh, Clint Kleiman, Kleeman, Chris Kleeman, I don't know if it's Kleeman or Kleiman, head coach for Kansas State, uh, he was a GA at Northern Iowa when Kurt Warner was their quarterback. Oh, wow. So there is a connection there, yeah. And then uh, his son, I think it's Cade Warner, uh, actually, I believe, started his career at Nebraska and then uh, Hmm. has since made his way to, I think that's right, and has since made his way to Kansas State, played last year, playing this year. And, um, yeah, this Big 12 race, it's interesting because Kansas State is not out of it. No. Um, TCU is number one. You got Oklahoma State, who had a oh, man. I said that that might have been the best game of the weekend. That was a great, yeah. Oklahoma was, State, I hit on Texas, that a little bit. Okay, good. Okay, well, so they they had a nice win over Texas, which we'll talk about, and a team that I'm not ready to give up on just yet, even though they need a lot to happen in their favor. Is Baylor, man? Um, I'm not ready to throw the towel in on them yet simply because let me, let me see Tech here. Next week. They still, OU. well, they still play three of the four teams that are ahead of them. They still play. Yeah. So they do have a little bit of control their own destiny at least at trying to get that second seed. Now, um, the the problem is what they would need to happen is they would need TCU to drop one because because mm-hmm. because Oklahoma State, if Oklahoma State were to drop one, they beat Baylor and they get that head to head. So I just think that if Baylor can win out, not saying they will, not even saying I think they will, but I think they could, um, especially if they can win these next two weeks on the road. At Tech, yeah. which that'll be tough because Tech is playing well at home. They're playing good football. And then at OU, which I have no idea what this OU team is or isn't anymore. But if they can win both of those games, they could be in the prime position with K-State, TCU, and Texas to finish the season. They could be controlling their own destiny for a chance to play for a Big 12 championship again. The one thing I think that would have to happen is TCU – would have to lose. Let me see. Who do they got? Oh, they got West Virginia tech. They get tech at home and they're at Texas. Hmm. Yep. TCU would have to lose one of those games and Baylor would have to win out. So I'm not ready to give up on them yet, even though it's, it's, there's some things have to happen. Texas though, man, go ahead and talk about that game. Cause I love it. I, I, I do too. Texas loses. I just, I just I but you know it. what? I think this is like, um, for Texas, clearly, man, those dudes got talent, like which mm-hmm. they've never had a problem. But they, they, um, their biggest thing is can they finish games? Right. Like, can they finish? And I think that's what we saw from Oklahoma State and Gundy is 
what I, what and what I don't feel like Mike Gundy's teams get a lot of credit for is man, they're just tough. Like yeah. They're going to scrap. They're going to fight to the finish. They're going to give yeah. you everything they have. They're never going to be as the most talented team in their conference. But the, I feel like they maximize every guy on that team to their best potential. And Sanders, man, their quarterback, I mean, not the best quarterback, but that dude is the the fuel yeah. for, that depa- for, that, the for that football program. Yeah. He's the glue. And, like, and, and what I thought was cool because I was peeking in and out of that game um, oh, the entire time. And it, between that and the Syracuse game, like I was going to go back and forth. Right. I believe they're in the same slot. Um, I'm looking at it. He just never looked shook. It just always looked like Sanders was like, we're fine. We're fine. Let me stay in the game. Like, let's let's keep fighting. Let's keep fighting. And it, it almost had that feeling like I was watching Texas going, are they going to break? Like, because yeah. we've just gotten so used to, like, are they going to break? Are they? And I felt like if they gave Oklahoma State a sliver of hope, which we saw that they did, that mm-hmm. they would that they would lose that game. Um, so I thought it was great, man. I like it because like I just don't agree with how Texas and OU are leaving the conference. So like anytime somebody can put it on them, I I love every bit of it, man. I I love it. I think. And I think it makes the, the, the Big 12 race get really, really interesting because Oklahoma State, who they have left um, – sorry, I'm going on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Who they have left is – so they got K-State next week, and it really depends, I think, how – if Martinez is back. Because um, Martinez is the wild card for that K-State team. Like, when he's on, I feel like they are varied. I don't mm-hmm. know if TCU beats them if Martinez is playing. Mm-hmm. Um then after that they have yeah, KU. That's fair. They have KU after that, which once they lost their starting quarterback, that dream season kinda mm-hmm. took a spin. Then they have Iowa State, the fighting Matt Campbells. Um I don't think you got anything there. Then you have Bedlam, um, which I think is gonna be interesting this year. Cause like you said, you don't know what OU team you're gonna get. Um so and then they finish the year with West Virginia, which uh, my man JT Daniels threw three picks this past week in his game against Tech, yeah. so it's, I it's I think how they handle K State and OU are going to be those are probably like their two biggest games they have remaining um, for them. I think they they have a very good chance of winning out and fighting for the Big Twelve, which I think now gets interesting though, bro. Like yeah, it does, it gets interesting because let's say this, like let's paint this scenario. Say TCU wins out and Oklahoma State wins out, they reface each other in the Big Twelve Championship game mm-hmm. and Oklahoma State beats TCU. Mm-hmm. They get now, left out. And here's why I say they get left out is because we had a similar scenario back in I think twenty fourteen when it was TCU and Baylor. And mm-hmm. both teams, uh, Baylor beat TCU. That was when they had like a 21-point comeback in like the last four minutes of the game or something crazy. And Baylor had dropped a game that season to someone. And TCU felt like they got slighted in getting left out of that top four because I think that might have been the year Washington got in. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it was a Michigan. I don't know. I remember who it was, but I remember because TCU absolutely murdered. 
I think Ole Miss like in the Peach Bowl or something. I yeah. might have my years off, but I do remember we had a similar scenario where it was very similar to this because the Big 12 didn't play a conference championship that mm. season. Okay. But it was the same kind of deal, and I just think they both get left out. Depending on how everything else plays out, I do now, think they would. If go TCU ahead. goes undefeated, do you think they get left out? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Because of some of the other things that happen over the weekend where to me, you can't justify leaving out TCU being undefeated and letting in a one loss non-conference champion. Right. And I've, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Cause I'll say they kind of set the precedence last year when they let Cincy in. Right. And then you look at it like good wins. So they beat OU when they were 18. They beat a top 25 KU at the time. They beat a top 10 Oklahoma state again. Um, they beat, they would be the top 25 KSU. Um, and then if they went out and then they beat Oklahoma state again, that's how many top 25 went one, two, three, four. That could potentially be five top 25 wins on their resume. You can't leave them out. Part of my plot twist here is I just don't think they went out. I'd love to see it happen and I'm here for it. But the two that they got to go at Texas and at Baylor. And I said it back to back. I said it last week. I said, Baylor's going to play spoiler down the stretch Mm -hmm. for somebody. Mm -hmm. But with the way the weekend played out, I'm also going Baylor's not out of it yet. They're not, they're not officially in the spoiler role. Now, two weeks from now, they, that may very well be what they're in, but I'm just not sold that Baylor's out of it just yet, but West Virginia, I think they win that one. It's it's you know it's at West Virginia, but it's the morning slot. West Virginia, man, I think they take care of business there. They get Texas Tech at home. Um, I think they'll take care of business there. And then you know at Texas, obviously, you know Gary Patterson being a what is he like an analyst right now yep. for the Longhorns. But I also just see the Longhorns. I mean, they go, they're at Kansas State. Part of this is just what I want to see happen. I just want to see the Longhorns lose out. Go at Kansas State, (laughs) lose. Welcome TCU, lose. And then that Kansas game, I think they might have their quarterback back by the time they play Texas. Um, And then they finish with Baylor. They're not going to lose out. And that's the thing you're looking at. I'm going, they're not going to lose out. I don't think t- TCU's going to lo- win out, uh, but they could. I mean, I'm pulling let me, okay. on you, man. So let me look at this. So TCU wins out, goes undefeated. They're in the CFP. They have to be. They have to be. Um, but realistically, I bet Texas ends up going – Six and six or seven and five. Surely they're going to win two two of these games. They should have beat Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because Baylor's still still in there, 
and, and how's Baylor's last few? Because it seems like they've started to since to that roll a little bit. Yeah, I mean, since that BYU game, well, no, no, there haven't actually. They they dropped two games, beat Kansas. Yeah, we're gonna really see. We'll see if Baylor's gonna be a spoiler or a contender those last three games. Because I'm telling you, they got K State, TCU, and Texas, and I believe Baylor Baylor will impact the Big Twelve championship in some capacity. Um, whether it's upsetting one of those three teams to close out their season or whether it's, you know, they win these next two and they're, they're in the hunt. I don't know. Um, let's move on. But I think, I think right now TCU is in the driver's seat. I want to see him win out and it's, it's probably going to be Kansas state. When do they play? Okay. So Kansas State and Oklahoma State play this weekend. That's a big game for both yep. of them because that's yep. that's going to be for that full control of the mm-hmm. two slot. And if Kansas State wins that game, I do think that would fuel them to beat Texas. And then they've got I a nice too. little finish to their season. I mean, they got to play on the road, but well, yeah. I think with Adrian, uh. Yeah, I think with Martinez, man, they can beat just about anybody in the Big Twelve. Do we know the status of him? No, I haven't heard anything. See, and I've been I've been fasting social media because I'm doing a discipleship group. So yeah. this has been killing me because <laughs> this getting is what updates. I would be doing in my free time. It's getting all the updates. So I have to wait for like the Athletic to break it or ESPN, um, or on three. So I've been trying to find out. I don't think we have an update on him just yet. Yeah, I don't see anything. I just did a quick Google. All right, well let's um, let's go to your. I'm gonna let you take this one, Big Ten. The Big Ten, man. Um, it's it's realistically coming down to two teams, barring a miracle, barring a miracle or some craziness. Excuse me. It's it's going to come down. It's looking like it's going to come down to an 11-0 Michigan and 11-0 Ohio State in the shoe for the game. For a playoff spot, because that's what that's for. Mm-hmm. That is for a playoff spot, because yes, I think Illinois is probably going to represent. Um, I think they're going to represent the West side of the bracket. Okay, well, let me start with the West, because Illinois. I mean, I yeah. don't. This is who they have left. They have Nebraska, which they should win. They have Michigan State, which they should mm-hmm. win. I don't know who Purdue is anymore, because they just. <laughs> yeah. They just got dog walked by uh, Wisconsin. Then they have Michigan, which they should probably lose that game. They have, yeah. Like, Illinois, yeah, they're probably going to – I can literally see them winning out and being a – what's this? That'd be 7-1, Dude, I was going to say – 10-2. The only thing I really have to say about the Big Ten Conference is Illinois, like, this. this is a 10-win team. This is a ten win. If team. they can, if they can just keep it rolling, and I said that in the preseason, <clears throat> and it's funny because I didn't want to go too bold. So I said, "Don't be surprised if we get to you December did. and Illinois is an eight. I said an eight to ten win team, and I badly wanted to say just say ten win, but I was like, I'll say eight to ten just to be safe. But like I said, the the Bielema second year magic, he's mm-hmm. got his defense right. You brought did. in a new offensive coordinator, and not that their offense is just lighting it up, but they're doing what they need to do. They're playing in the Big Ten West. 
Uh, I didn't anticipate this necessarily, but Me yeah, neither. I mean, they beat Nebraska, beat Michigan State, beat Purdue. I I, I assume they're going to get hammered at Michigan, and then they beat Northwestern. That's a ten and two team, or two team. they're nine and three going into the the yeah. Big Ten championship with a chance at ten wins for the bowl game. But that's all I got on Big Ten. Yeah, I, and I think like so. I want to focus on really is it's just aiming towards the game. Like that's mm-hmm. where I think it's just. And so at this point for the next couple of weeks, what I'm watching between Ohio State and Michigan is where the weakness is and which team can exploit the weakness mm. the best. What I will say is I watch Iowa versus Ohio State, and yes, <clears throat> they lit them up for 54. If I And we, I texted you this. I said if Iowa had any semblance of an offense, this yeah. game would be a lot <laughs> closer. Yeah. It would be a lot and this is what I will say, <clears throat> and it's funny because I wore my Michigan uh, stuff to church recently. So I will give it to some Ohio State fans. They're like, man, if we play like we did today against y'all, that's going to be a different story for us. Mm. Um, and this is and this is where I got frustrated watching Iowa play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just run the stretch play. It's your best play in your playbook and run rollout and play action off of it. It was your best play against Michigan. It was your best play against Ohio State. You have a nice true freshman running back. You have some big old linemen up front. Run the stretch and then run. Like, you're not going to beat them. <clears throat> but so this this is what I, I think. And this is where I think the game is just, I'm going to say this. Everyone loves C.J. Stroud. I think I've said it from the beginning. I haven't been, I like him. I think. But I said this to a guy who was debating me about some stuff about Ohio State, and I was like, well, you can put anybody back there, and they're going to light it up, man. Like mm-hmm. Any competent, decent college quarterback can step inside you guys' offense and mm-hmm. at least throw for 2,500 yards, like mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, when you have all the talent you guys have, it's not really hard to command that offense. Like, don't get me wrong. You have to make the reach. You have to get the ball in the right place and all that. But right. this this – Bro, it's it's like playing on 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 easy mode at NCAA. You just like right. flick it to a guy and he can do whatever he does. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the truth. Uh, Jack Smith and Nigma barely has played, but we know who he is. We know Inaka, the new guy that got come out. Trevion Henderson, Myron Williams, like they just got dogs. This is what I think, though, Trey. <clears throat> I'm not ready to say we're going to beat them. I think it's going to be a tough game. But as I'm looking at the strength of what Michigan does versus what Ohio State does mm-hmm. and the strengths of the two teams, I think this is faring up to be exactly the kind of game Michigan likes to play. Mm. We play tough defense. We play, and I don't know, and this isn't this is really me just being honest. Like I'm looking at, I've rewatched all of Michigan games at least four times. They're doing exactly what you want them to do. They get better and better. And better as the season goes along. They're mm. figuring it out. They know what they do well. Everyone's peaking. Everyone's so far healthy. And that offensive line, I th- it's playing to me, it's just playing into Jim Harbaugh's hand. He wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. I think you could very well see the game be this, what it was last year. Mm. Closer in score, I think, because we don't have the game breakers on defense. You don't have the mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchison, the David Ajabo, the Dax Hill can kind of eliminate some mm-hmm. things. But I just, man, I'm just, I'm being honest. I, I've been saying it all season, and, I, and I'm ready to eat crow if we lose to them. 
I just don't believe this Ohio State team is tough. Mm. I just don't. Hmm. I don't believe they're tough. Like, I watched them play against Iowa, and I'm like, oh, that Iowa defense, if you put that on any other offense in that conference, this is a different ball game. Mm. Like, I think they exposed them worth their love. They couldn't really run the football well. The first half, they had, what, they had four red zone trips, and they kicked four field goals. Like, I'm what, and I'm going, the, the Urban Meyer Ohio State teams, oh, that game is 42-0 by halftime. Mm-hmm. And he's calling the dogs off. Mm. This Ohio State team, I'm like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying they can't beat us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, bro. And I've been saying this about Ryan Day since we started yeah. this podcast you last have. year. I just don't sense the toughness. Can they beat us? Yes. But when you got that type of talent, you should be. You can beat anybody any given day. Any. But I think the thing I'm watching Ohio State, I'm like, do they have the dogs that just want it? Like, mm. you just don't – I don't feel the intensity of that team. So, I'm interested to see what happens when they play Penn State this week because mm. I think this is going to be a good measuring stick. It's the one team we both played. Um, Penn State's obviously coming coming off this – the whiteout, which is beautiful. I wish they would just did it against Ohio State, but what you referenced in our text is they were going to lose, so why would they do that <laughs> next week? Anyways, I'm interested to see, though, like, yeah. what that game looks like because I think – and I, I've just belabored this for way too long. I think everything I'm in the Big Ten right now is you watch Michigan play and you watch Ohio State play, and you're going, what are the weaknesses and what team can expose it the best? Mm. And then I think that's going to kind of give you a good indicator who's going to win the Big Ten, barring some crazy upset. So I'm curious because we've we've been watching this Penn State team all year. Like, could this possibly be setting up to be like Ohio State, Michigan State last year? Where, where it seems on paper like it's going to be this big game, but then Ohio State. I guess the reason. I guess. I guess the argument against that is that Penn State actually has a good secondary, whereas yes, you you kind of knew with Michigan State that they had Kenneth Walker and their secondary was atrocious, and then of course. Ohio State had two first rounders and another who will three be a first, first rounder. Rounders. Yeah, <laughs> three first rounders um, in the in their receiving court. So, because I, I keep going back and forth, I'm looking at this Penn State game as much as I want it to be a close game. I'm like, man, is Ohio State just gonna beat going the brakes off through. of them? Um, the other <sighs> thing I'm looking at for Ohio State that could be a trap: Maryland at Maryland. Yeah, if if uh-huh. Tunga Lavoa is back, I don't know if he's is he back. I don't know. Is yeah, I don't. If he's back from injury, that's a good game. I just you know, know Maryland is you know six and two, and you know that was football. your bounce back team. Yep. Um, and 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 I'll and I'll say this: this is what I'm looking for from Ohio State before I they really put fear in me. Once again, Ohio State fans that listen, I'm not saying we're going to beat you. I'm just saying. I don't fear you like I once did. If Penn State can run the football on Ohio State, I lose fear. Mm-hmm. If Maryland can run the football, because Maryland ran the football, and Maryland kind of more has a attack like we do. They had the thunder and lightning kind of package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Penn State or Maryland can run the football on them, I'm, I have a lot less fear of Ohio State. If Ohio State can go in and shut down Keetron Allen and the other running back at Penn State, 
I'm, I, I get a little bit more fearful. I'm like, oh, okay. And then if they can do the same against Maryland, I'm like, I don't know. But if Penn State can go establish the run, let's say they do only lose because the spread is like 16 and a half. Let's say they mm-hmm. do only lose by 16. But I feel like Penn State, because they don't have a world changer at quarterback. Sean Clifford is Sean Clifford. Right. But if they can find a way to move the football from the run game, that's what I'm looking for in that game, Trey. I know Ohio State's going to win. But if Penn State can run the football, I think that's very telling mm. um, to is this the Ohio State defense just because they brought in Jim Knowles? Is this the same defense they had last year? Because they couldn't stop the run. Mm. It would, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, oh man, that's I. I would love, man, to get an 11 and 0 versus an 11 and 0. Which same. I mean, looking at the schedule, that's what it should be. You know, I, I think that Michigan's biggest scare you could make an argument for is Michigan State, not because of Michigan State, but because it's a rivalry. But I'm sitting here going, hold up. this They're hungry. Like, Michigan is more hungry for this game than Michigan State. Normally, you would look and go, well, they're top four. You know, Michigan State don't got nothing this season. They're going to cut. No, 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 no. Michigan no, no, no. has been waiting for this game. And, and, and they're coming it, like, off a bye. They immediately finished beat Penn State, and the first thing they said in the press conference was, "We're we're ready for Michigan State. Mm. We're circ- we we've circled that game. Um, even Mike Morse came out and goes, it was some BS that we lost last year, mm. and that should just have not this. Which I applaud for these last two Michigan teams. In previous eras, it was very, oh, you know, each game's the same. These last two teams have been like, nope, the Michigan State game, the Ohio State game." are circled on our calendar. And mm. even Harbaugh himself as the leader has now started to come out saying, no, these games matter to us. Yes. Even though they had a bye week this past week, he came out and said, oh, no, we're practicing for four days this week. We're practicing to get ready for Michigan State. Mm. So, like, I like the intensity that this Michigan team had. And I think um, it's supposed to, like I think they're hungry, like you said, man. I think they've, and they've alluded to it in all through the season. We heard what the media said about we don't have Aiden, we don't have David. It was a fluke season. Um, we're not that good. We shouldn't return to this. Like, and for all due purposes and intent, it's still kind of been the same of that about Michigan this year. Like, oh, okay. Like, I don't feel like they really got national respect till the whooping they just put on Penn State. Like, I think right. that's when people are like, wait a minute, yeah. this team may actually be good yeah. again. Um, and I think you just got some dogs in there that are like. They're ready to win, man. They're ready to prove. So, once again, though, I'm interested to see can we – and I am nervous about Michigan State. It is at night. I don't know if anybody remembers the last time it happened we played these jokers at night. We had the muff punt in 2015. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot so about that. So, all of this to say is, like, I, I'm not looking for that to be a blowout win. I'm looking for that, like, let's just get out of that with a win. Um you know that's a game Mel Tucker has circled. You know that's their Super Bowl. They don't care about playing anybody tougher than they play us. Get out of that with the win. Get out of that healthy. And I, I think we're fine the, the rest of the way. Like, that is my – I would love to blow them out. But, let's, like, let's just get out with the win. Yeah. Let's get out healthy. Because, you know, everything that's in their playbook, they're pulling out that game. Every mm-hmm. Like, it is – that would make everybody in East Lansing happy if they pulled that up. Like, they need nothing more. Besides, that would justify Mel Tucker's oh, yeah. ridiculous contract yeah. right there. All of it. Get a W, get out healthy, 
let's move on. Vita top four Michigan there. team. Um, okay, well, let's get to the Pac-12. The Pac-12, Pac-12 is pretty interesting now. So with UCLA losing, um, <sighs> I know I, I was I was riding the Chip Kelly wave. I was hoping they they just went out. Basically, two of the teams uh, I was on last week, I was like, oh, please, please, were UCLA and Syracuse. Man, I was trying to create like this basketball Final Four in my <laughs> my CFP. Um, but I'm looking. So Oregon is in the driver's seat. However, Oregon has to play Utah and a team that I think could play spoiler. And they're not, not be, I mean, they're good is Oregon State. Yep. Uh, and they're at Oregon State this year. So Ooh, Corvallis. Yeah. So so Oregon still has to play um they're they're they 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 play Utah, but they're at home. Uh that's coming up uh in a few weeks. And then let me see. I think But I think they still they gotta go play U dub to too, man. U dub's uh so they go listen to this last three weeks of Oregon season. Ooh. Rivalry game against U dub, but it's in Alton. Then they play at home again against Utah, and then they finish on the road in Corvallis against Oregon State. That's a tough final yeah. three for that Oregon team because Washington's good. Washington's good. I mean, they've lost some of the early season luster because they've lost two games, but they're a good football team. Then you know Whittingham. I mean, we like him. We talk about him on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Like, Utah's going to be ready to go. Yeah. And then, you know, Cor- I mean, Oregon State is quietly 6-2 and two right now. They're bowling. Oh. They're going bowling this year. Oh, and and they could win. I mean, they could be the Pac-12's Illinois, so to speak. Yes. Um, you know, you look at the way they, their season finishes out. I mean, they're at UW, but they're you know Cal and Arizona State. They're going to win both of those, and I believe so. That's eight wins, and then really, Washington is a winnable game. Oregon is a winnable game. I mean, that's a team that could finish ten and two. Now, as it pertains yeah. to the Pac-12 race. I think Utah, USC. I think if you just look at the schedule schedules as is, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be Utah and either SC or UCLA because Oregon, like you just said, has to finish with Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Now, yep. if Oregon can go two and one in that stretch. Okay. Then depending on who those two are against will depend on who they play for the PAC 12 championship. I think with USC and UCLA, uh, both of them basically got a cakewalk until they face each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, I feel like USC should win that game. I was disappointed in UCLA against Oregon. Me too, to be man. With you, Me too. Man. They, they, they seemed, they seemed stagnant and, and I got to give them credit though, man. They've, they've kind of been, they just, they got the win against Washington. They got the win against Utah. And I, I don't know. But I you just said thought, these are going to be the three weeks that kind of define their season right here. You called it. Yeah. And I think you originally said if they even went two and one out of this, which I agree, which, which winning could, two yeah. out of those three games is a, that's a good. 
but you're definitely going to get a seven, eight, a nine and one versus a nine and one in that UCLA USC game. Uh, And again, that's a rivalry. uh, And that, that essentially will determine like at this point, it has to be UCLA or USC has to be in there, right? I mean, because, yeah. well, I don't know, because Utah's got the tiebreaker with USC, but they don't with UCLA. So I guess in theory, if if Oregon were to win out, well, if Oregon wins out, though, Utah will have a second yeah. loss. Yeah. So, okay. So then, oh, yeah. So So I'm looking, and if Utah... I guess if Utah beats Oregon and USC beats UCLA, it would be Oregon and Utah, assuming Oregon wins out, like USC would not get in because I believe Utah has the tiebreaker there. So yeah, yes. there's there's some football to be played here. I do think that though the way it's going to play out, I think USC, UCLA, that game will determine one of the, one of the, um, teams and then, yep. uh, man, I don't know. Now I the guess. question, the question that was all on the athletic this morning was this: even with their early season loss to Georgia, if Oregon wins out, do you, do you do you put them in? I think you have to. Um, now, <laughs> here's where that gets complicated. Is if TCU's thirteen and zero, mm. because it could come down to TCU, a thirteen and zero TCU, and a twelve and one Oregon, and that one being Georgia. Now, if Georgia loses to Tennessee, let's go ahead and get into that. Let's go. Yeah, let's go South, into that. Let's go to let's, SEC. Let's get in SEC because I think this controls everything. It it really does. Um, so what's crazy is is you've got LSU who sort of quietly crept Creeping back into the, the race for the West, um, and they're gonna play Bama coming off a bye in a couple yep. weeks. Um mm-hmm. I believe Bama is also yeah, they're going to be coming off, schedule. but it's at Death Valley. so It's going to be rocking, bro. Yeah. And that might be a night game. ABC may pick that up for a night game. Yeah. Or the CBS night game. Yep. Um. So that that right there, LSU sort of crept themselves back into the hunt. Um, Ole Miss, uh, you know, I think that. They are who they are. Yeah, but but I, 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 they they benefited from their early season schedule. Mm-hmm. Look, they're at A and I I think they'll beat A and I do too. Um, but then they're finished with Bama at Arkansas and Mississippi State rivalry game. That you know they they could go zero and three down that stretch. I think they finish that stretch one and two. I don't think they win two out of those three games. I think they lose two out of the last three games and still a good season though. I mean, for the sake of nine and three for the sake of our uh, devoted listener, Tommy Brooker, 
are one of those losses to Arkansas. (laughs) Well, so I know. So what I was going to say is I think if they lose to Arkansas, they beat Mississippi State. But if they beat Arkansas, they lose to Mississippi State. The problem is with Arkansas is, like, we have a lot of problems. But our secondary and and really, like, our front – like Mrs. Ole Miss runs the ball really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really watch the LSU game. I did. Real intently. Zach Evans hurt them. Okay, because I would say it looked like LSU. Obviously, I mean it was it was a tight game. I mean Ole Miss like actually jumped out on it because I was like, oh wow, okay, Ole Miss. They're just gonna keep it rolling, and then all of a sudden, um, but Arkansas is coming off a of bye week now. They were supposedly getting healthy. I just our secondary man just scares me to death, but it is Ole Miss, and that's always that's always a uh, a big game. Um, obviously, like I've been saying, if Arkansas is going to beat Ole Miss, we're going to have to outscore them, and you know it's a Ole Miss is a tough team to have to outscore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Auburn <clears throat> tried it, didn't work. It, like what LSU was able to do was they were able to stifle you know, their, um, their offense, just looking at the score. Um, I just, last season's game, you know, now they got to come to the Hill. That could be a night game. I don't know. Probably end up being a morning game, which will play to Ole Miss's favor. Um, yeah, so I can't, I honestly, I can't call it. Cause I feel like if they win that one, they're going to go into Mississippi state and lose. But if they lose to Arkansas, I think they'll bounce back and win. I, I do. I think they lose two out of those three. I feel like they should beat A and M. Think they will. A and M's just God, man. Ooh, they got to be mad with that contract they're paying Jimbo. Man, well, and and the the the, the recruiting classes they're paying. I mean, all that stuff, man. Like, I mean, they're they're down there with Arkansas, and and, and to be honest with you, like. They're, they should be 0-4 in SEC play. Like, I hate that we <laughs> lost that game. I can take getting stomped to Mississippi State because, you know, we had playing with our backup quarterback. They exposed our secondary, whatever. But that A&M game, like, our whole season shifted on that one play when KJ, for whatever reason, decided to try and dive into the end zone from the five-yard line. And it was the biggest fluke play possible. Um, but I like that LSU is kind of – got them played themselves back into the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so if they beat Bama, that's where things could get really interesting because it's really interesting. Yeah. Because they'll, they still got to play at Arkansas as well. And that, Hmm. That could get interesting. The West the West is a lot more interesting than I thought it would be in week eight of the season. Yeah, same. Because don't get me wrong, Ole Miss also, I mean, they're not out of it. I mean, nope. what if they go in and take Tennessee's blueprint and beat Bama? Now they're right there in the thick of it. Yep. Um. You know, Bama beats LSU. Ole Miss beats Bama. I mean, they're not out of it. No. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think, and I don't know what LSU is either. I, I <laughs> 
Like, like, that's the tenure of Brian Kelly's coaching career. You don't know yeah. what any of his teams are. They just end up winning that's somehow. Gr- that's great. That's exactly right. <laughs> and and you're like, why are they in the national championship? You're like, I don't know. They're undefeated somehow. What do they do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. They shouldn't be here, but they are. <laughs> now, the East. Um, uh, mm. Two top dogs, man. They can't get caught. Tennessee and Georgia have to stay focused this week. Because you already hear it across mm-hmm. sports pundits, podcasters. In two weeks on November 5th, that game means everything for the SEC race and the college football playoff race. Like, if they take care of business yeah. this week, both of them, mm-hmm. next week's game has the potential to be that Georgia-Bama game from last year. Like, this... I'm gonna be honest. I want Tennessee to win it. I think I do I wa- too, man. I want them to win it, and I'm gonna go on the ledge and say this: I feel like I hate Georgia fans. Like they annoy me. That's why I want them to lose. They annoy me. Bama fans, maybe I've just learned to tune them out over the years. You know, you just kind of go, ah, whatever. Like, and then you can't deny the greatness of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I grow in leadership, like I just have to, and I've gotten some chances to hear some like round tables from Saban and some stuff. So you're like, dude, he's just great. He's yeah, just he's, like, yeah. like yeah. he's just like, he's just great. The thing with Georgia, man, I just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not, I don't like Kirby smart. I don't like this whole like dogs on top thing. Like, you know what? Because Georgia fans, to me, are starting to act like they've just ran the SEC for the last decade. And I'm like, mm. okay, guys. You just got your first natty, and Lord knows who. And, and I'm, I have no room to talk. I have a split natty with Nebraska from 1997. Got it. Fine. Whatever. But, like, Georgia fans, Trey, are starting to act like their ish doesn't stink, and they've been running the SEC for the last 10 years. I know we curbed some. Yes, you beat the brakes off Michigan last year. I understand. Mm-hmm. I want to see though. Can this is why I have respect for Nick Saban, year in and year out. It's excellent to the point that his team got seventeen penalties, and we're like, "What is going on at Alabama?" Yeah. Like, like the the littlest off detail for an Alabama led team makes us think Nick Saban has lost his touch. Can Georgia mm-hmm. do this consistently? That's and I am all aboard the Hendon Hooker train. I want to see this kid win. I want to see them do well. And I love the parity that this brings to college sports. Even if for this one season, the SEC, like the SEC is represented by somebody other than Georgia or Bama. Partly because then I think the national championship doesn't necessarily go through the SEC at that point mm. fully. There's, there's a better chance. Here's what's... Here's what's scaring me a little bit about that game, which could very well be a top two matchup, possibly. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be amazing. Is this? Because when does CFP? Is that this week? CFP? It has to be this week or next week. Uh, I think next week because it starts in like November, right? Well, I thought it was after week eight. Uh, not that it matters. Okay, yeah, you're right. Tuesday, November first. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. And right, yeah. So basically, I think if Tennessee wins, Georgia wins this week, they're going to be one and two because mm-hmm. you got to keep them up there because you know one of them's going to lose. One of them's going to lose. 
So if that's going to be a one versus two matchup, yep. I'm looking at Georgia. Okay, so they ran into a little bit of a, I don't know, not Skittish. not like themselves. Yeah, with mm-hmm. Kent State and Mizzou, and I think kind of just at that point went, oh, okay, they're not invincible, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, but then I look at these past couple weeks. Auburn 42-10, Vandy 55 nothing, And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't give up, you know, they give up 10 points or less to Florida. And, oof, I, again, I can't call it, but that defense, man, if it's, if it's clicking like that, if there's anyone that can shut down what Tennessee does, it's them. And Tennessee ain't stopping anybody. So, no. no. But I don't know. I don't know. I think that's going to be a very hyped game. I mean, obviously, I think Tennessee is more prone to an upset this week than Georgia is. Definitely. I think. Because I just looked at Florida Florida, and their wins. They're not impressive. So they had that early season win against Utah. Utah. Then they lost the next week to Kentucky. Then they beat USF. Then they lost to Tennessee. Then they beat Eastern Washington, which is an FCS school. Um. Then they beat Mizzou, and then squeaker. they squeaker, and then they lost to LSU. So I feel like you don't really know how um what Florida is, honestly, because mm-hmm. like who have they the biggest test that the two biggest tests that they played so far. So they lost they lost to Kentucky by ten, but then they lost to Tennessee by five. Which I remember originally we were laughing like, dang, you lost to Tennessee. We didn't know quite what Tennessee was this year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or, you know, Kentucky was when we were talking about yeah. like, oh, hey, they beat Utah, man. They're back, Florida. And then they right. lose to Kentucky the very well, next week. Anthony Richardson. I, I, I'm interested to see can, George, can Florida get Richardson on the move a little bit against Georgia? Like – do you use his legs Cam Newton-ish and use that as a – because that's his greatest weapon right now. Yeah. The dude's a freaking it, athletic freak. But to me, that that's absolutely plays into Georgia's – because if the guy can't complete a pass – True. And they're that one-dimensional, like that's what Georgia wants, that front. Like you're not running on that front. You just aren't. At least not with how they seem to be playing nah, the past playing. couple of weeks. I mean, I guess probably I, I get it. It's Kent State. It's Mizzou. Like you, 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 you know what I mean? It's almost mm-hmm. though like that Mizzou game woke them up because they yeah. should have lost that game. Oh, they should. Missouri they, blew that game. Yeah, they should have lost that game. And so I go, okay, now they rebounded against Auburn 42-10. And even the touchdown they gave up in that game was late in the game after it was, you know, it was like 35-3 well, late in the yep. per- fourth quarter. Then fifty-five, nothing. They're probably going to beat Florida forty-nine to three, or you know, forty-two mm-hmm. to nothing, something like mm-hmm. that. And that's where I think, gosh, it might be the most hyped game. And it's at Georgia. Woo. It's going to be. Somebody needs to start sponsoring us so we can go to games of the week. I'm just putting that out there. Come on, <laughs> bring it on. That's going to um, be great. Mm. Whoever wins that game, I think wins the S- SEC. And goes Dude, to the, what, I think this is the that game is a playoff game, Trey. Man, that's a playoff I mean, game. I I agree. That is, it's a playoff game. And then you got LSU possibly. 
could possibly be in the SEC championship. They if could. They beat Bama. <clears throat> which I believe which they Bama can is do. vulnerable this year. If they win that game. Oh, what I would love is for them to beat Bama and then come into Fayetteville and take that L. That'd be nice. I mean, because on paper, after Bama, they got to play at Arkansas and at A&M, but, yeah, I mean, that's – it'll be interesting well, to see how this plays out. Hopefully that Bama game against LSU is that night. I want to see it that night in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. It will be. They're going to have to do it that way. I, I think that would be amazing. But I'm interested to see how Bryce Young finished the seat. Man, I'm going to say this, and I know we're getting ready to wrap up because that was our last deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if Bryce Young isn't the first quarterback off the board in this upcoming draft, the the kid just show. I mean, outside of – and he only had this one injury this year with that shoulder deal. But outside of that, kid's been pretty durable. Um, yeah. The dude's electric, man. Like, I'm watching him going, my Lions need to do everything it takes to draft that kid. He's special, man. He's a special – he's the reason why Bama's still in the hunt for this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say that if Bama runs the table, because those dudes look like they run a freaking mission. <laughs> I taped that game against Mississippi State now, and I'm like, oh, man, they were on a mission to prove a point, which I always say nobody wants to be the team that plays Nick Saban after he loses. I think – if they run the table, they might win the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like you might just see a repeat of last year. Yeah, um, they just may not have to. I guess how depending on how Tennessee Georgia plays out, they may not have to worry about playing Georgia in the playoff. God, man, this is. This I just want wild. Georgia to lose so bad, man. There's I so hate many. Them. There's so many scenarios that could play out. That's what you love about it. But then again, that's my argument for expansion too. It's like, okay, let's get all these teams in. And again, not just because, oh, everyone need more teams need a chance, but man, it makes bowl season fun again. So much better. 12 teams is perfect, man. I think because what you probably say there's 12 a format this year. So, you know, there's probably gonna be three SEC teams for sure. Mm -hmm. Tennessee, Georgia, and probably Bama if they come out of their side then you know okay you definitely get michigan and ohio state in there that's you're at five right there mm-hmm. first off those are just then you got if oregon runs the table you put them in if tc only drops maybe one game you like now we're already at seven good teams that you're like that's a dang good playoff like i can i can live with that mm. um i don't know that's all i really got though yeah that's all i got Oh, um, last thing I did want to say this, though. Game day is going to Jackson State, baby. Shout out to yes, Coach Prime. Yes, sir. I'm, super, I'm off this weekend. That's huge. I am, like, going to wake up, have breakfast, and watch game day. Um, I'm really excited about that, man, like, so that the world gets to see, or the country, excuse me, gets to see the HBCU experience, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that is – I, you know, there's – I don't know if anybody here I – would, I would encourage – those, if you just love college football, to go to a classic, um, mm-hmm. an HBCU classic, you know, Prairie View, Grambling, you, whichever classic. Um, I think North Carolina A&T has a really good one. It's If you love college football, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you've never gone to, like, an HBCU classic. The pageantry, the battle of the bands, the mm-hmm. the camaraderie, the um, – man, I – 
and I'm willing to step out and say this, man, those people that graduate from HBCUs, there's a different type of loyalty that they have to their institution. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get us wrong. Like, we love our schools that we come from or whatever, but... Man, like now as an adult, I look back and I, I always ask my mom, I'm like, why didn't you let me go visit the HBCU? Because um, there's just a different, my mom graduated. She she went to Southern, who is playing Jackson State this week anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see Same the pride day. she has, you know, um, from all that. I think, man, you guys should tune in, especially if this isn't, you're not familiar with it. I think you'd be like thoroughly entertained and also like intrigued with the history behind HBCUs. And uh, everything that kind of happens there, and, and I'm 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 happy to see that Prime's getting this man. This is to me, if he takes another job, because I was thinking about this yesterday. If he takes another job, I wouldn't be upset. Like I get it, because the fact to me, I'm like, you got game day to come to Jackson State. Like right. that's, I mean, you you're doing your job. He's doing what he saw out to do was to put HBCUs on the map to get them more notoriety. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I really, cause me and you, we talked about this last week on the pod. I really thought about this. I'm like, at a certain point you can't be, I can't be upset for prime for taking a leap going when he's been very vocal about what he needs to be successful mm-hmm. at the HBCU. And he's even said it like, I'm looking for a millionaire or a couple companies that want to come in and be sponsors to this program so I can mm-hmm. show them what we can do at HBCU. But at the end of the day, like, I can't deny a man from greatness. And so if it's like I can't – I'm doing – which I feel like he is. He's doing everything he can with everything he's receiving and everything he's getting, and he's turning that program around, and he's getting more people more interested. I get it. But I also understand him from the other end of like, man, when you've been as great as Prime has been, he knows what it takes. And I can't be mad at a guy for taking another opportunity to get what he needs to reach the pinnacle of what he wants us to reach. And that's every coach. You want to win a national championship. You mm-hmm. want to be the best of the best. And I couldn't be mad at Prime if he did take a job like Auburn, which I'm like, you're going to get the funding you need. You're you're going to get the best players. You Like, you lose some of the hurdles you have. So um, so I will say this, like, because we did say last week, man, I hope he doesn't leave. Getting game day to a Jackson State game, to me, I know it, it might seem small to other people. I'm like, you know what, Prime? If you hung it up after this season and said, I'm going to go get a FBS job at a big-time school, I can't be mad anymore. Like, you've done and here's And here's the thing. I think everything you just laid out will be exactly what inspires, motivates, provokes, whatever, whoever, to come to the table. Because you get college game day for this, like, it it becomes more real than it already mm-hmm. is. Like it's now it's no longer just Dion's Instagram. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they yep. are able to out compete and out engage all these other colleges because of his own personal following. Well now mm-hmm. like the national landscapes taking notice. And I just feel like everything you just laid out where people are finally going to get to the point where go, man, he'd leave it better than he found it. He did. I mean, we can't even be mad at him for going. That's what's going to make someone go, you know what? How much is it going to take? Like, what's yep. it going to take? Let's rally a handful of whoever together and let's let's really, let's make this happen. Let's make this yeah. vision come to life of what you're trying to do. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, it'll we'll be see. fun. It'll be fun Saturday game day. Yeah. And, um, 
I hope they just embrace. And this is my last thing. I hope game day embraces the full HBCU experience. Like, mm-hmm. don't try to make game day game day. I think for it to really win, they have to embrace the HBCU culture. Like, don't just try to take what you do at TCU and Bama mm-hmm. and do it. And Jack, I hope they're taking their time at ESPN to really go. Okay, <clears throat> like I'm just gonna say, I hope there's some diversity in those meetings that are like. Let's not do what we do every week. Like, let's really embrace the HBCU atmosphere. Because I'm telling you right now, Jackson State is about to show out. Like, mm-hmm. this is a big thing for the city of Jackson, Mississippi, um, mm-hmm. especially all the things that's going there politically and with the waters. Like, this is a big – that's going to bring a lot of money to that city, which they mm-hmm. need. It's a big thing for Jackson, Mississippi. It's a big thing for Jackson State. It's a big thing for HBCUs across the board. So I'm I'm hoping, and I know I'm like I'm I'm willing to die on this hill because this means something to me. Um, in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, I'm like, I hope like other organizations and other HBCUs, and I hope Game Day is fully open to it, and I hope they submerge themselves in the culture of what of what this is. Because I will say this: if they do, I think this potentially could be the best Game Day episode of the season because mm-hmm. it can be completely oh, yeah. different, um, and unique from anything that they've ever got to experience and ever got to do. Um, and like you said, I think if they do this right, this potentially opens the, let's be honest, the checkbooks for somebody that can really yeah. change the game for Dion and Coach Prime at Jackson State. Because I'm telling you right now, man, if I had it, I'd call Coach. Would, how much you need right now? Mm-hmm. 30 mil, done. <laughs> like, what yeah. is it going to take? Because this is a, it's special, man. Um, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm shout out to Coach Prime getting game day after Jackson State. If this is the end of his tenure there, man, like salute, big, big ups to big, big props to Coach on that. I'm excited. So I'm excited to watch game game day this week. But now that's all I have. And all that to say, Jackson State's also rolling right now. So they are. I think they improved to seven and zero this last. They're seven and zero. And they're hungry. You know, the way last season ended for them was not was not good. They got to Atlanta. No one was given, I think, uh, who'd they play? South Carolina State. Nobody yep, was giving them a State. chance. And they just came out. And, and Deion, uh, Coach Prime said it, man. He was like, they, they outcoached us. They outplayed us. They out everything. So it'll be fun this weekend. It'll be fun. It's a good weekend college football, man. Well, Listeners, thank you again, man. Yes. We're we're fully back. We're we're hurricane free. We're, we're rolling into what we're doing. Thanks for listening. Hey, make sure you share this with some people. Um, we appreciate the listening. I love college. Peace. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love.